I miss a green, for example, I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie, I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Uh, we are here live at Rich Harvest Farms for the national championships, and we are joined by Lance Ringler of Golf Week. Uh, Lance is, you know, kind of the head honcho when it comes to college golf re- reporting and and news. So, Lance, welcome on. Thanks for having me, Andy. Um, so, first, said you know, I think give the uh, listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into the college golf world and the golf world in general. Well, wow, it's been a, shoot, it's been maybe 20 years now. I think I've been doing this. I think this is my 18th national championship. Um, basically, I, I coached college golf for two years at the University of Idaho then spent a year at Iowa State University, uh, all after I spent two years out caddying on the PGA Tour or a season and a half or so on the PGA Tour. So I just kind of jumped into golf right away. I was a basketball guy originally, being from Bloomington, Indiana. But I uh, got involved with golf and, and uh, then with Jeff Sagarin to create the Golf Week Sagarin rankings. And uh, from there, just kind of snowballed into Golf Week. And my, my roles and my title or position at Golf Week has evolved. And um, kind of just a college golf guy. So it's, it's, I enjoy it. It's, and it's a lot of fun you know, being around the players before they get to that next level. Yeah, yeah, I bet you got all the, you got. If you went to a tour event, you'd be like a celebrity out there. Well, I see. The thing is, I've been to a few, and I and it's interesting to see how they have changed. Some of the guys are very cordial and open, and, and go out of their way and 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 uh, talk to you. And then other guys just kind of nod their head, you know. So it's because uh, it's been a lot of them, you know, going all the way back to, you know, shoot when Billy Horschel was in college. I'm trying to think when we really hit the scene hard. Uh, probably about uh, 2005-ish or 6-ish in that area is when we were doing our uh, our GolfWeekTV.com. And I used to have my, my daily uh, video show off campus with Lance Ringler that we did, you know, from 2007, 8, 9. So, you know, we were way ahead of the curve with, with video. Now we, should, we really need to be doing that again. But uh, and I was doing a show every day all during the spring and fall season. So I got to, went to a lot of events. So, yeah, there would be a few out there for sure. Who uh, who's your favorite guy out? Whether they're in college golf now or out on tour, that you or not on tour, you know, they could be on uh, yeah on, uh, on the web or on Canadian. Tour. You just mean of guys of yeah. talk, who were court, you know, like you know, a few favorite guys. You know? I would say Brian Harmon was one of the guys that was you know he was real good in college, yeah. uh, real down to earth, great and then, junior player. Yeah, and then when when I when I've seen him a few times when I've been to like the Greenbrier and such. Uh, He's a super guy. I'd, I'd say he's right at the top of the list. You know, the, Ricky was always good. Even I haven't seen Ricky in a few years now, but he was super in college. And, and I did see him one time when he was out there and very cordial. And and uh, Ricky Fowler, that is. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's one of the guys in golf you can go by one name. But not, not Ricky Barnes. No, not Ricky Barnes. <laughs> uh, but uh, and I don't I don't really have a problem with Ricky Barnes. Just uh, <laughs> you know, just when we say Ricky, you know, we know when we're when we're talking basketball. When we say Michael, we know who we're talking about. But um, yeah, so it, it's it's fun. I'd like to get out to a few more 
pro events here and there, but you know, I, I like the college game. Uh huh. That's great. So uh, you mentioned you were on a bag for a year and a half. Yeah. Who who do you look C- for? Mainly Craig Bowden. Okay. Uh, Craig Bowden was. I think he had his tour card maybe off and on about four times. Is Craig, he is he a college coach now? No, no, no. He oh. works for he's a is a KBS shaft KBS oh. shafts tour rep. He uh, just a short hitter, but you know Craig. People always marveled at Craig how he he made so much money or was able to stay out there. I think he won two or three times on the Nike Tour, Web.com, whatever you want to call it. Um, he just didn't hit it very far. You know, you bring up uh, distance. I, being out here this mm-hmm. week, I mean, all these kids, yeah, had just vomit. Have you seen like a, a seismic change in the last, say, five years? Like, when when was there just a flip I, that? <clears throat> that's a great question. I actually wrote a story last year, a little column at Eugene about the type of kids we're seeing. Um, yeah, it changed. It, it, Definitely from my time when I was following college golf in the late 80s um, to probably the, right around 2000, you started to see kids that didn't look like golfers. I always say that there was a year, and I think it might have been the year Texas A&M won the national championship at Inverness. That team, a few of those players looked like middle linebackers. Um, and then, you know, they, they had a, a knack for having, you know, three, four kids that just, if they were standing in the weight room, you wouldn't have thought they were golfers, and that goes. A lot of teams have guys like that. So yes, there's definitely been a change uh, in the type of athletes. I mean, when, you, when they're walking around out here, you, you don't see many kids that don't look athletic. Mm-hmm. They're athletic-looking kids, and, and they do. They hit it. They 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 hit it. They pound it, and then they just go get it. They don't. There's not a point A, point B game really. I mean, I shouldn't say that. There's still they they you know there's course management stuff, but they ain't afraid to just rip it. Yeah, I think that's you know one of my big takeaways from this week is how big these kids are. But then also, like you talk to these kids and their schedule. I mean, their their daily schedules. These kids, you know, they are professional golfers who go to a couple hours of class a day, yeah. and you know they work. I mean, they they are working their tails off because they obviously are. You know, they're going to class, they're studying, and that. But the you know listening to them talk about how they do. You know, they have body work. You know, mm-hmm. they get. They're always making sure that their body's right. They're working out, yeah. and then they're spending four or five hours a day practicing. I mean, I imagine that this this whole aspect of the game has changed dramatically. Yeah. We can thank Tiger Woods for that. Yeah. I mean, because seriously, I mean, I'm not sure if we would have saw that movement. We probably would have eventually, uh, but he changed that. He he he, you know, he was a game changer. He's like Wilt Chamberlain, you know, in basketball. I mean, he changed the way people approached the way they play golf, the way they prepare for golf. Um, and, and that's, that's what these kids do now. I mean, back in the day, I mean, you know, college teams, maybe in the eighties, I don't know if all of them had the, the strength, the, the strength programs, the, the, you know, the, the, the water workouts, the yoga, the stretching, the, the stuff that they do now, it, it is very much part. It used to be just kind of an elective thing. Now it's very much part of their daily routine and, and it carries over into the, the pro pro tours yeah it's so it's just a launching pad and obviously we're seeing with like john rom and a lot of more young guys making an impact quicker on tour right. and, and i think a lot of it has to do with the development and the way these kids prepare out here you know getting right. ready with the programs you know these kids are hitting the ground running they yeah. they kind of know what to you know how to you know their lives are now a lot on the road they're traveling they're they're starting to learn how to balance life on the road Obviously, they're in a team setting, but right. you know that it's it's these kids treat this game like professionals do to a certain extent. 
So, um, you know, for the, the people that are a little bit maybe less uh, in the weeds like uh, me and not so much me compared to you, like who are, uh, you know, maybe uh, three or four names that everybody should know on, on the college golf circuit? Well, obviously it starts with Maverick McNeely. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the one kid who, who's been around a while, you know, senior now at Stanford. Um, he's the kid who, you know, followed in the footsteps of Patrick Rogers and, and, and the kid that, you know, you expect to be out there mm -hmm. at some point, whether or not, you know, there's always been a lot of talk if he's even going to turn pro just because he's, I guess he's just so smart. He could just jump into the real world and, and, and change people's lives. But uh, he, he's, he's the one kid. Obviously, Sam Burns is a tremendous, ta tremendous talent. Uh, if you've had a chance to watch him play, um, he's one that we're expecting to announce he's going to be turning pro after the championship mm -hmm. or at least sometime this summer. Um, he's, he's one. I, the other thing, I'm not sure that we, we're going to see a lot of the, this, this class jump right out there. Um, there's, there's a few more players in the Wyndham Clark obviously has been up there. They had a good, tremendous year. Um, there's, there's some kids that I, that, that haven't played as well as I thought they might've. Um, but I'm not sure how deep this class is really, mm -hmm. you know, but, the, but there's always going to be a few names and then there's always the names. I mean, you know, JT Poston, who's out there now, you know, the kids like there's going to be a kid or two that come out of this group somewhere down the line that, that pop out there and, 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 and turn heads and, and get and play well. So, you know, JT Poston is one of my favorite stories of the rookies on tour just because he, you know, he went under recruited. He ended up winning the state championship. Right. Then he got recruited, but he'd already signed with, with Western Carolina. And, uh, you know, he became the first kid in Western Carolina history to make it to the NCAAs. Right. Um, so who would you say is kind of uh, of these players, like maybe a guy that goes to a smaller school that, that you wouldn't be surprised to see make it out on tour. That's a tough one. There's I, because that's so hard to predict. I remember I used to I used to every year at the end of the year I'd come up with a list of names of like you know five or six guys that I thought were can't miss kids. And I remember looking back. I haven't done it in a while, but I remember looking back at that list, and I was like, huh, none of those kids have made. It. I mean, it, 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 so it's really really hard to predict. I mean, especially when you start digging down deep. The first kid that will, will jump out in that from a small school and i'm not sure if he's a small name but dawson armstrong mm -hmm. um you know he's the first kid he kind of fits that bill he fits that bill of the of those kids uh you know like a jt poston so that would probably be the one kid everyone would kind of look at who's in, who's playing college golf now yeah uh dawson armstrong so he plays at lipscomb mm -hmm. you know it, what's the story why did he you know I'm go not, to I'm such not, a small I, school? I think it was the same thing i think he was a little bit under recruited and, and i'm not exactly sure on why he ended up at lipscomb but right. i mean i'm assuming he was under recruited and and uh you know and a lot of kids they hit their peaks different times i mean there's yeah. a lot of kids that end up getting getting to college and they don't pan out either yeah so. i i grew three inches in college exactly. and all of a sudden hit the ball for 40 yards further. Yeah. That was a different player. Exactly. Um, so, you know, in, in today's, today's a pivotal day. They were cutting to top 15 and then tomorrow we cut to the top eight. Um, you know, a lot of the, the big favorites have moved up and into position. Uh, a few, you know, like, you know, Stanford is probably the biggest surprise out outside the top 15. Um, you know, what are your big takeaways from the tournament so far? I think if we just talk about the biggest headline right now, I think is the fact that these kids are, 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 are scoring so well. Yeah. That's probably the big, sometimes in golf, uh, unlike other sports, the, the golf course becomes the story and it, it happens all the time in the majors, especially early on in the week until we get to the day when they actually crown a champion. 
I think so far, I think the story's really been the golf course. I mean, because um, it was so, so difficult during the women's event. And I still don't think that they they failed on the setup on the women, even though they probably played the par threes collectively too long. They probably could have done a few things with some tee location or some tee, tee spots and some hole locations to make it easier. I still will say that I think that the, the conditions were the biggest reason for the high scoring for the women. Um, but for the men, I think what happened, and, and, and I could be a little bit off on this, they could have had a lot of this set prior to coming here because they were afraid it was going to be so difficult. I mean, that's what all we talked about. The rough's going to be high. The greens are going to be fast. They're small greens for some of the clubs that you have in your hand. Um, I think the NCAA committee wisely aired on let's see some red numbers. I mean, look at these scores. I mean, I mean, it's, you can just look at them. You know, I I wouldn't have. I honestly, Andy, I would have thought that there might have only been one or two teams under par at this point in time in the tournament, and and that is probably the biggest story right now. Is is that they're that they're, they're playing so well? I would have thought that today they would have tightened the screws a little bit, mm-hmm. done some things to make it a little more difficult. But I'm, I mean, they, the flags were in tough positions yeah. today. I was out there, and I, I mean, like it was really impressive. I mean, Rico Hoey had it seven under through eleven. He almost was eight. I mean, he just yeah. missed the eagle putt, but. You know, I think the biggest thing, and we see it week in, week out on the PGA Tour, is that when the golf course is soft, you know, mm-hmm. and this place is taking a lot of rain, mm-hmm. which, you know, it makes the fairways soft, so they're mm-hmm. easier to hit. Um, you can be a little bit more aggressive off the tee because of these fairways, your ball's yep. not bounding through into the Definitely. rough. And then also, likewise, on the greens, they're very receptive. <clears throat> you know, these the when the conditions are soft, every golf course gets right. lit up now on, on tour. I mean, even to extent of, Oakmont had record low, low yeah. scores last year because of how soft it was. Um, so, you know, this, I think that plays a part in it. Um, but also, I, I do agree, like, they haven't played all the tees back, which is, you know, really good. You know, um, outside of, you know, the 17th hole, no hole has really just, right, you no. know, maybe the 17th hole might be the, the, the hole of any hole I've ever seen with more just massive numbers from, yeah. from guys high on the leaderboard it's the 17th hole i mean i i mean i coached for three years i caddied for a couple i i could be crazy and i say this but i wouldn't i'd play this hole i would not hit driver off the tee i'd put it in the fairway yeah. i would literally wedge it yeah. to another spot and then from that spot i would wedge it back onto the green and try to make four that way if not i'm walking out of there with a five yeah i just i mean go, going at it from 200 from 180 to 210 it, there's not, there's little room for air on that hole. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, in match play, that 17-18 is going to be a heck of a finish mm-hmm. because you have well, starting at 16, even 15. 15's not play when we, I we actually played yeah. the other. 15 I thought was going to be a much more difficult hole for them it's than wide what it enough. is. It's yeah, it's and and there's enough room um from the, from water, the water to the yeah. green, so really starting 16, 17, 18, that could be that could be a, an electric finish uh, in match play. Getting through that stretch, one or two under par is, is oh. just unbelievable yeah. playing. It, it, it's it's interesting, you know. I was I was watching Nick Hardy today. He birdied, made a great birdie on 16, and then he uh, he parred 17, and then he gets to 18, and sure enough, he gets caught on the down slope, and he makes an eight. You know, it's like that. You would thought he got through the tough part. One under, oh, he's going to finish two under. It's going to be a heck of a finish. 
ends up making an eight. I think that's one of the things with this golf course is that as soon as you lose your focus or get out of position and make a, you know, an aggressive play from out of position, you bring in double, triple, quadruple bogey even on, on almost any hole out here, which is, uh, it, 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 you know, that's the, that's what this leaderboard can change so rapidly as they look to go from now 15 teams down to eight teams. Right. So, um, you know, as it stands, uh, you know, Vanderbilt's in the lead at 18 under, and then, you know, there is some bunch up until, I'd say, what do you say, Florida State at 12, which is, they're in 12th place at four under. Right. Um, and all these teams are kind of fighting for for the this top eight position to right. make into match play. Um, you know, who would you say of uh, the teams currently out that you expect to get into the, this top eight? That's <clears throat> a tough question. I just wrote my column today. Uh, two, two years ago in at the concession, no teams from the top eight went into the top – or no teams for in, from 9 to 15 went into the top eight. But last year we had three teams. Uh, the difference last year from ninth place to 15th place was just nine shots. We're going to see a little bit wider gap this year, probably more like 15 shots from all the way down. But, you know, wherever, you know, if Pepperdine and UCF are those final two teams, they're, it's, that's going to be a tough task for them yeah. tomorrow. Um, Oregon's definitely got the firepower. I, I'd say you go all the way down to Oregon uh, with a really good round. Uh, you know, but after that, you know, Florida State, Texas, LSU, they, yeah, they could all jump up in there. Auburn had, had a bad day today. They've been playing really well. Um, qualifying out of West Lafayette Regional get here. So, you know, they can, especially like you said, if it's soft, uh, if it continues to stay soft, but it should be drying up a little bit. But, you know, it all takes us one good round from somebody. Somebody goes out and shoots, you know, 10, 12 under, they'll probably jump up the board a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's uh, in terms of kind of who your favorite teams out here, like, yeah, you know, like what, which teams are, you know, would you say, you know, if you were going to, I know you don't like to make any predictions yeah, in match, match play, play. It's tough. but like, who, who's your, who's your team that you, you look at and say, you know what, this is the team I think is going to put it, put it all together. Well, it's, you're still, it's tough, Andy. I mean, Vanderbilt's really good. Yeah. They're really good one to five. They, I think that they play a little bit. They're going to be a little tight. I honestly do. They've, they've not had a lot of success in match play. Um, I think that they're a tight bunch. I, I, I just don't know how they'll perform. I like Oklahoma. They're a loose bunch. Um, you know, last year was the first year they made it into match play. They got in in the eighth spot after a, a heck of a round last year in the final round at Eugene. They shot, I believe, the lowest round or the next to lowest round of the day to get in. I like Oklahoma. UNLV has been a quiet team all year, a bit sneaky. So I actually, I actually picked UNLV and Oklahoma to make it into my top eight. So those mm -hmm. two teams don't surprise me. Uh, USC's good i mean they, they they're the one team that if they do have an advantage coming into match play this year just with what they've went through the last two years they should have won a title in one of those last two years mm -hmm. probably should have won a title so i you know they're going to be tough and then illinois i mean I, I i honestly i i didn't expect this out of illinois this week you know and people can talk all along i mean let's talk about it if i have somebody out there following me around andy cheering for me am i gonna play any better I mean, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so sure. Can it lift you? Can it give you some confidence? Absolutely. They're elite players. I mean, they've got people cheering for them. I, I don't put a lot of stock into home crowds in golf. I yeah. Mean, we, we put I, Northwestern, we talked about that last week. Look, they didn't have big crowds out here the, the first couple days. They didn't mm -hmm. have anybody watching. There was nobody out here. It was, it was 40 degrees. They played well because they're a good team, and they were familiar with the environment. And, yeah. he, and that's why Illinois, the same thing. They're a good team. 
they're playing well. They've caught a, they've caught a high right now. I don't think that to this point the, ma- the 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 crowd has really given them that much of an edge. Now in match play, I think it could because we've seen it in in Ryder Cup situations when you get a crowd going. But I'll tell you what, I'm really impressed with that Illinois crowd uh, because of the way they're they're very golf knowledgeable. It seems yeah. like last year in Oregon, uh, they didn't they weren't very they were very nice. Like when when, when Texas and Illinois, Illinois yeah. hit shots that were good. They didn't clap. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of like. But today, I've seen the Illinois fans really cheer on the other teams. Well, I think I mean it has a lot to do with Illinois and Chicago being yeah. one of the great golf cities. True. You know, obviously, like Chicago, the game kind of started in Chicago for in America. So right. I think you're you're in one of the golf meccas right. of the, of the, of the states. The other so thing, let me interrupt helps. you here real quick. Just looking at the leaderboard, Oklahoma State and Baylor in the sixth. Who who the heck would want to play those guys? Oh God! Oklahoma State. I mean, they're they've got the best. I mean, they're uh, six shots out of lead, and they're unbelievable. And they, and they Baylor, have the best five starting yeah, five rank yeah. wise. And Baylor, they. I mean, they're. they're, they're I would not want to be. I would not want to be the three or four or the two or three and have to play Oklahoma State or Baylor. That's just. You know, Virginia, Jimmy Stanger, or Stanger, is that yeah. how you, he's re- I've, I watched him play some holes. He's really impressed me. I, I don't know. He's got to be one of the best ten players in college Yeah, J- Jimmy, yeah, he had a phenomenal fall. Uh, Derek Bard, too. Yeah. They have two, and they have a third. They have a couple. that They could they could get some things done, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're, they're... They're a little light at the back end. They're of the a lot of light, I, yeah. I feel like that that's really where, and obviously, you know, like... It's where the kind of separates the yeah. truly elite teams like the Oklahoma States, the Southern Cal's, the um, you know Vandy's are kind of almost like a clear echelon of they've got five right. really strong. There's no question marks in those lineups. No, and then that's the thing. I mean, you go you you keep going down, and you got Texas is good. Mm-hmm. They'll be good. Florida State can play Oregon. I mean, there, there are. It's like we've said all season long. You can go about 14, 15 deep, and we're seeing. We're seeing it this week, and there's going to be a couple really good golf teams left out of match play tomorrow. And I, I think this year's match play could be it. You get it, any one of those eight teams, just just like the last couple of years, any one of those eight teams can win, maybe even more so than what we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in terms of kind of surprises, is there is there anybody that's surprising you on this list outside? Of, I know you've said Illinois, but outside of that, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. It's not like Illinois is a, yeah. a big seek. I mean, I, I just didn't expect them to play as well as they. I thought they would be fighting more to get into that top eight, and they still got a round to go. Um, but I mean, the the biggest surprise to me really is probably uh, Kent State. I thought Kent State would not, and I didn't. I did pick them to make it uh, into the top eight. Um, it, it, it's not a usual. I just thought they'd be a little bit more uh, in in, in this the, week. In the in this week. Yeah. But other than that, no. I mean, there's there's not a lot of surprises. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, Kent State, I, um, I picked them as one of my sleepers too. And I, you know, I, I getting to see that team, you, you know, you think Kent State yeah. and most people are probably going to say, Oh, it's small school. Right. This, this is a legitimate yeah. golf school. It, like in those oh. kids, when you talk about seeing kids that don't look like golfers, right. I don't know if there's a school, a team that typifies them more and they, yeah. all those kids just smash it. Yeah. And the thing about Kent State is this is one of Herb Page's better teams that he's had. Maybe, I don't want to say ever. I'd have to go look, I'd have to do some research on that. But this is definitely one of his better teams. So I'm a little surprised on that. A lot of people are going to talk about Stanford missing. But I'll tell you what, Andy, you go look at the results. Stanford, it's not like they've been real good in the postseason here. Mm-hmm. You know, they 
So, you know, you just let the results speak for themselves. They, it's a program that, that expects has high expectations, and, and they've, they've missed a few times here lately. It's, it seems like all year long, kind of, and, and it goes this whole storyline is like the back half of that lineup all year was mm-hmm. when they were on, they were good. When right. they weren't, you know, and, and that's where, you know, you, the interesting thing about, you know, college golf and, you know, when you, we look at like a bigger landscape view is like, you know, putting together team championships, like it's really hard to get five, four guys playing well all at once. And I think, you know, in terms of this, for the Olympics, like, why didn't this happen for the Olympics? <laughs> oh, that's major, major colossal whiff. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, when I first heard about the format for the Olympics, I, I didn't believe it. I mean, I, I'm like, and I, yeah, I, I don't know. The format for the Olympics was was bad. I mean, team golf is, yeah, I, I don't even know. It's just bad. Don't even mm-hmm. know what else to say about that. I, I, I can't believe that they, they didn't go more of that route, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's not like they didn't have any knowledge of it. I mean, they've seen the Ryder Cup, they've seen you know how team golf works in certain situations, and I think in an Olympic setting, team golf would have been fantastic. Do you think there could be ever a potential and for a, a, an alumni like event for professionals like this? I think I, 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 there's been a lot of tinkering around with with some things, trying to. Um, make something happen with professionals and current players. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a, a few years ago, uh, Eric Soderstrom and myself, Eric was worked at Golf Week, he's now works for Titleist. We talked about doing a, uh, we were going to write a column and, and, and do a big thing and talk about a professional golf league. And we were going to come up with, you know, 10 to 12 cities. And we were going to come up with nicknames and they would have a, actually have a draft, actually have a draft. And, uh, um have have it just yeah. make this mock P- PGA league with cities and conferences and stuff. So that would be cool. Yeah. But do I think it'll maybe a one-off event? I don't see it honestly. It's just too you can't get there's too much money involved. There's these guys and their agents and their teams and you know their their schedules. Um, probably not unless it's like a hashtag Spring Break 2019 and six yeah. guys just go goof around. I, I don't ever see anything it, official. I think it would be cool to see. I, I you know I. Being, uh, this, this format, I think, is really great because, you know, what you see is is that, you know, like, you can have an individual lighting it up, but, like, if if one of his teammates who's a county scorer makes an eight all of a sudden, yeah. it's, it completely changes the, the landscape of the team. It's a very, very cool event. Yeah. So so coverage is on tomorrow, you know. Um, say I'm a first-time college golf uh, viewer tune, tuning in. What should I be kind of watching for? What should I, you know, what what are some basic things I should know tomorrow? Well, just, just I mean, what you're watching for, what's exciting about it is what you just hit on. It's just the team aspect of college golf. So many people view golf as an individual sport. And, and in this setting, you'll see a lot of kids looking back at their teammates, fist pumping, uh, coaches, you know, running back and forth, you know, helping, giving information on base, based on what they saw from the previous player that played the hole. Um, just... Just, just the, the team aspects probably what would be the most different if you're used to watching a PGA Tour event. It's, it's the, it's the way they'll, they'll interact and the way they're playing for their team. You mm-hmm. don't see that in, in, in individual golf when you're watching a PGA Tour event. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, a, a good one. I mean, it, it's, it's infectious. I think if, if your school's anywhere near the hunt, you got it's a must tune in. Right. I think that's, that's the cool thing. It brings a lot of casual oh, golf fans into it. Um, 
So tell me, if, if you could make one change to, to college golf in general, what would it be? That's a good question. There's a lot. I mean, that question was probably really easier uh, several years ago before we started tinkering with the formats and doing things. But if there, if I was commissioner for a day, I would the, the thing I would change immediately was I would I would I would come up with some sort of um, format. There has to be. We have to standardize college golf. We can't um, allow all these different formats. It, I mean, when you watch a college football game, you know what it's going to be. It's going to be four quarters, 15-minute four quarters. That's what it's going to be. When you watch a college basketball game, you know it's going to be two 20-minute halves. I'm sure when there's a baseball or softball game, seven innings, nine innings, there, there is, there's standardized formats to it, and you don't change the way it's scored. It's always, you know, a three-pointer is always three points. A touchdown is always six and an extra point. In college golf, you might see a 36-hole event you might see an event where there's six players count five. You might see an event where all five players play together uh, mm -hmm. instead of, and it's just, and each, and while, while each one of those events, they're doing the same thing in that event, but that has direct conflict with everything else that's going on. For example, when California had their tremendous year a few years ago, uh -huh. I think they won two, maybe three, but definitely two six count five events. Well, they had a they have a better six player than a lot of players. Yeah. So when you add that element to it, that's like saying, you know, we're not. We're, what if you what if you played a basketball game and took the three pointer away? Yeah. You'd have some different winners. Yeah. The Bulls. You'd have some the different. The Bulls would be really good. You, you would have some no you, three point. You would have some different winners. <laughs> so college golf, it's when you think about it, it's crazy, and it's crazy that you'll count an eighteen hole event when that would that's like playing a quarter and a half in football. Mm -hmm. It's just it's ludicrous that it counts and it goes into the system because we all know that in 18 holes I might I might one day in 18 holes be able to beat you Andy. Mm -hmm. Doubtful. <laughs> but I might. You yeah. could, you could get squirrely and I could go out there and shoot, oh, I can shoot a big number. <laughs> I could shoot a 78 maybe and you could get squirrely and I could beat you. But we know that if you and I played 54 holes I'm not beating you. I'm, not, mm -hmm. I'm just not doing it. That's just, and that's what needs it. That's that's a big issue, I think, in college golf. And I don't think they realize how big of an issue it is, deep until, deep, until because until so, they get to regionals, right. and then all well, of a sudden there's these getting into yeah. regionals because uh -huh. you have such a fine line between teams that are ranked 75th and teams that are ranked 50th, and some of that squirrely stuff in there. That, that you know, just stand. It's easy. Just standardize the format. Mm -hmm. Say 30 minimum of 36 holes to yeah. be ranked to be a ranked event. Maximum of fifty-four holes, and everything has to be five count four. Mm -hmm. Everything. What about match play tournaments? I, well, I don't. They shouldn't count. Yeah. Match, I mean, this is fun and exciting and everything and and whatever. But we all know number one team, number one seed, whoever's won the stroke play has it's, never won mm -hmm. in 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 all the time since two thousand nine. And now the women again, it didn't happen. North Northwestern was the number one seed. They didn't win. That being said, Arizona State was the number one team in the country in the golf week rankings. They weren't in golf stat, but they weren't golf week, and they did win. And we have seen the number one team win in men's golf, and Texas won, did it once. I think Alabama did it once. Mm -hmm. But they didn't win the stroke play that year. So do you think there should be a stroke play championship? Oh, yeah. Because I mean, I, 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 I'm there is. An, I'm there is. There it's, is. It's, it's, what happens tomorrow? Yeah. There really is. I mean, and I but think. But there's no, you, you don't Yeah, there's win. no trophy for yeah, it. Yeah, because, like, I, I'm an Illini fan. I yeah. mean, I, I, I went to Illinois. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've won the, the individual, but we haven't won the, the team. And to me, it's like you – we we won the stroke play. Yeah, like that, that is every shot counts. Yeah, that is yeah. the the real championship to a certain extent. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, it, it should. I mean, I'd also, I, I mean, I like I like watching the match play. I like the head to head. 
I mean, I'd like I'd like why not make all of college golf match play? Just do away with stroke play. It never happened. That's but, the way they do it in uh, in England. Yeah, just do away with it completely. Think about the schedules. It'd be so cool. You know, you're gonna. I've already got to figure out. I need to write this column this summer. But you know, instead of having you know, say say you got a tournament like Southern Highlands out in Vegas. So mm-hmm. instead of inviting 15 teams, and you only invite six, mm-hmm. and you play. You play, each team plays two matches a day with, and then the last day they play one match so at the end of the tournament you've played five head to heads so, and it's a round robin deal so if you go 5-0 and oh, you've won the tournament yeah. and now, now the standings and the rankings you now have you, know, you, might, have, how, you uh, might have Vanderbilt ranked number one in the country with a record of 27-6 and six. yeah that's cool. It is. And that would be neat. And, and, and every would, match counts. And it would change the dynamics of college golf. You would have teams now, now, you get that team like Illinois State or Bradley in the Missouri Valley, and they go in and play uh, Vanderbilt on a weekend or Georgia, and they get a win. I mean, now, you you know, it's the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 It'd be it cool. Would, It'd be it really would, cool. It would make it, it never more happen. like basketball. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And then think about a 64-team tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring, you know, you have your regionals. If you have four teams, go to – I mean, we, we've tinkered around with it before, but, you know, basically you have four regional sides, 16 teams there, and say the top four from the regional advance to the national championship, where now you have 16 teams. So it's a sweet 16 mm-hmm. instead of just bringing four teams in. And it'd, be, it'd be cool. It'd be really neat. It'd be interesting. It, it's uh, that's, a, that's an interesting idea. I, I, it, I love match play, and it, it would actually change the dynamic, though, of how these kids would play. Yes. Because – You'd get a lot more aggressive play. Um. And what it would do is, it would, I honestly think it would broaden the fan base. It would broaden, it would make the sport more popular on the campus. Yeah. Because when, when um, you know, Auburn goes and plays at the carpet capital, I'm just using this hypothetically, and they go down there and it's 15 good teams, and they finish eighth. Yeah. They played all right. They've had a good finish. They, they might have beat a couple top ten teams. They come home, nobody cares. Yeah. Oh, you guys finished eight. No, it doesn't even mean anything. Nobody even talks about it. It's it not like, nothing. hey, we beat the top now, team in the country. Now they go in there and they play match play and they beat Georgia Tech or Georgia or whoever, you know, UCLA. They come home. Oh, you guys had a great weekend. Yeah. I mean, you beat UCLA and they were, you know, wow, you beat, you know, it's different. So there's the common fan can identify with it better. Yeah. That's it. I I never thought of that. Yeah, I, I'm not the common fan. That's why I, I don't think about these things. <laughs> yeah, because you because you follow it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, it, one idea I had, I you know something that I always wonder about is like you know these regionals. Like mm-hmm. you get teams, you got teams that are some of the best teams in the country that aren't here this right. week because they had a bad week at regionals. Right. Do you think that there should be any place for auto bids similar no. to, similar to the NTA tournament where? You know, if I'm if I uh, just say Florida, for example, top five team all year had, you know, some of the biggest wins. They aren't here, even though they have some of the best players in the country. I don't think so. With college, with the NCAA basketball tournament, if you're the one seed, you have to play the 16th seed in the first round. Uh And even though a number one seed's never lost in basketball, they still have to win to get to 15. But the two have 15 has and they've lost to the eight, nine team in the next round. So I don't think there's once the tournament starts, it's the tournament. So, no, I don't think you should. I mean, I don't think anybody should get a free pass out of regional to here. No, I, I wouldn't agree with I wouldn't want to see that. So uh, to, to switch gears a little bit, I'm curious with, the, you know, who's been your the most surprising guy that you've covered that hasn't made it to tour yet? Um, that, we, I, we actually talked about that this week with someone. Um, so the, big, the, the biggest name, and I actually have a good answer for this, the biggest name player – 
that I'm surprised that we never saw get out on tour and win is Matt Giles from Southern California. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember Matt. Yeah. Uh, he's actually from New Zealand. The kid was really good amateur player in college. I don't even know what he's doing now. I, I, I don't even know if he's still playing golf. I haven't seen his name forever. That's probably the one kid that never got out on tour. Um, that, that was probably the most surprising because mm-hmm. I just thought he was, you know, and he was part of that USC team in 2009 uh, that lost to Michigan at Inverness. Yeah. See, that's another thing. I just said that, right? 2009 team that lost to Michigan at Inverness. I wouldn't have remembered anything if it was match stroke play. Yeah. But match play, I, you, I went to the championship from 2000 to 2008. You don't and remember a lot. I remember Oklahoma State winning at Sun River. I don't remember anything about it except them standing there for the picture. Honestly, Jonathan Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Clemson winning at Stillwater. Was that DJ Trahan? Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I don't remember things about the tournament. Now that match play is going on, I remember all kinds of things. Yeah, and shots, mm-hmm. people running to I, see. I mean, you remember it's that, and that's that's the thing. So I go back to my thing again: match play all year long. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it would uh, it would make just the week to week thing way more exciting yeah is uh so you'd have just 18 hole matches so over a weekend you'd play three 18 hole matches actually you could play fo- you could play, you could play you could maybe play six uh-huh. you could maybe play six it'd be two a day it'd two be a day, very two a tiring day. it would be but boy, look at this week <laughs> yeah you know but you could but you could do under the current format you could play 18 you could play 36 36 18 uh-huh um but you, you you could do it i mean it could it could be done so uh you know, we got a couple. We'll do one more question, and we'll get we'll get you out of here on overrated, underrated. Um, first, first question, uh, last question is, you know, what's your favorite, whether it be amateur or college event of the year? What's your favorite one? Favorite event? Well, obviously this this is probably the favorite event because this is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I, I let's see. I probably I really enjoy going to um, the. All-American Classic in El Paso. That was always a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the Sun Bowl All-American Classic. That That's always a fun one to go to just because uh, it's just the laid-back atmosphere of it. The, the kids are there without their team. It's kind of ironic mm-hmm. because you, it's a team game. But it's just it's just a fun event for me. Uh, the food's fantastic. I base a lot of my events, Andy, on the food <laughs> where I'm going. It's a big deal. Good, good barbecue big down deal. there? Just good steaks, good 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 mexican food down there just yeah yeah just that's a good event that's probably it's probably one of my favorites but a lot of them are good a lot of them are uh the you know the hospitality and they you know it's the, the thing about those events and they're once a year so usually yeah. uh, they they roll it out when, yeah. they, when they do it and, and el paso that's a big deal coming down there it is so uh our our fried egg tradition is uh overrated underrated okay. so i i'm just going to give you a, a series a couple uh couple things here and you say overrated underrated All right. you know what, what you think Ball striking. Just ball striking. Is it overrated it's, or underrated? I think it's totally underrated. I mean, totally overrated. Yeah. Just, uh, totally overrated. I mean, I, and it, I Jay Coffin, my good friend at the Golf Channel, used to be a boss at Golf Week whenever they, you know, Chad Campbell, what a great ball striker. Well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I mean, aren't they all good ball strikers? Yeah. Sure, some guys hit a squirrely. No, so when you talk ball striking, uh, overrated. I think it's just become a commodity. Watching yeah, these it's kids, easy, it's, all these kids hit it really good. It's easy good. to say. It's just ball striking. And, and it's like the kids that really get it done are the ones that get it done yeah. on and around the greens. Yeah. Like you know, that's the if, difference between Sam Burns and uh, you know the number three guy on uh, on uh, are, on UNLV. Aren't you? If you're on the PGA Tour, aren't you probably a pretty good ball striker? Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> um, 
How about Illinois' three-man, Eduardo Liparelli? He's, he's probably underrated. Super underrated. Yeah, super underrated. I mean, you t- Dylan Meyer, Nick Hardy. It, the thing about Illinois golf, for every year, I always said, they're, this is, they're, they're rebuilding. Yeah. They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. They're re- no, no. They've just been reloading. Yeah, they've been reloading, and and he's part of that of a reloading uh, uh, I, structure. I like have been blown away yeah. by this kid's game oh, yeah. this week. I I, I think he's, didn't like, he win earlier this year as an individual? Yeah. I think so. At Olympia, somewhere in the fall, I thought he yeah. played as an individual and won. I I honestly think he could have the most. I like. I'm a well, there, if, huge Nick Hardy and Dylan Meyer yeah. fan. I think he might have the most talent of any kid on if, that roster. If he if Illinois wins this week, I bet he's a big. He's he might go th- have to go three and zero. It's it's uh it's interesting. Um, he, uh, he and I, year over year, Mike Small. What amazes me is how much he develops his players. Yeah, and like they, no kid gets worse. No, and the other thing about Mike Small, how many years has he been there now? Is it like oh, 18, 17? Is something it, like okay. that. Okay, and, and I'm not, I, I might be off on my numbers, but the first six or seven years, he didn't. They didn't do much. He was developing the program. Yeah. Now that he developed the program into what it is, now he's doing. You know, so it goes to show you a lot of. It took him a while to build what he wanted to build. Mm-hmm. And I was a critic when they hired Mike Small. I thought it was a joke. I'll say. It. I mean, I, I I really did. And that that was more of the. Who you know? Why would a guy? Because it doesn't. It's never worked in other sports. Yeah. You know, you think about all the the, the great players that have been that have gotten um, head coaching jobs in football or basketball. It hasn't always worked, and most times it's failed more than not. In golf, I always thought that that was going to be a bad move, and, and boy, was I wrong. There's been Chris Ambry, Conrad Ray, mm-hmm. you know, at Stanford, uh, Mike Small. There's been a lot of former players that didn't have coaching experience that jumped into it and have done well that Nayland, chris Nayland, mm-hmm. is uh, now at arizona that's yeah. that's amazing that that program is, well yeah, jim anderson's those, arizona yeah. yeah oh i thought it wasn't Nayland. no jim anderson he's uh, texas a assistant uh, yeah, whatever i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> he played at arizona so anyways lance uh thanks for coming on and uh we'll be excited about a busy day tomorrow yep. um Follow Lance on Twitter. Um, are you on Instagram? Uh, Golf Week Ringler on Twitter. Then Instagram, we just Golf Week Mag. Golf Week Mag. Your yeah, company, we, man. Everything. Everything <laughs> is all golf. I just do it all through our Twitter. But we do uh-huh. have a good uh, a good Instagram with Golf Week Mag. Golf Week Mag. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be out here and uh, fire any questions you have at, at one of us, and we'll answer them away. But uh, thanks again. Thanks, Andy.